Hello, hello. My name is Mika Marcelet, and you are listening to Talking Aging on Vancouver Co-op Radio, 100.5 FM or coopradio.org. Or you also may be listening to the podcast version on Apple Podcasts or on Podbean. So thank you so much for joining. Today, I am speaking with Tia Kozar, who is aware of many hats in the gerontology sector. And we are discussing intergenerational friendships and intergenerational relationships, something that is so important in like building community. And I think this conversation, I think you'll really enjoy it. And you'll gain a new perspective on maybe the intergenerational relationships that you currently have in your life. Um, So I think this will be very interesting. So enjoy. Hi, I'm Tia Kozar, a second year medical student at University of Connecticut School of Medicine, working to pursue a career in geriatric psychiatry. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for joining. So we'll get right into it. I'd love to talk about intergenerational friendships which I know is something you're passionate about. And to start off, if you could just describe like what is an intergenerational friendship and tell me about the intergenerational friendship that has kind of shaped your view and your opinion on the topic. So intergenerational friendships, uh, it's kind of funny. I think when people think about that, they think of like a grandparent and a grandchild, but really um, it could be be of any age. Uh, We are all people and there's so much we have in common um, with with everyone. And I think if we took a moment to to talk to the neighbor or the person on the street, we'd find that there's a lot more possible friends out there than we think. Uh, So my experience, my senior year of college, I took part in the student in residence program where I spent my year living in an assisted living community. So I lived among people who were four or five times my age at that time um, and I found that me and my college friends looked forward to spending our weekends there with my neighbors, I think more than uh, going to any party. (laughs) Um, We found that there was so much in common between like family values, um, just how we dealt with day-to-day struggles and stresses. Uh, And I have one of my closest, nearest and dearest friends still, one of my neighbors who lived there, Beth. Um, She just turned 95 and I tell her everything. she's she's my rock she's she's my everything (laughs) so what are like the benefits that you would say that come from intergenerational friendships and I love how you mentioned it's not just grandparent grandchild because I think that is probably the vision that people have um so yeah I'd love to know like what the individual benefits you notice or even like community benefits yeah more more specifically uh, as a college student I realize that sometimes Uh, at that time, you know, you're kind of in a silo, you're in your own little world, um, between worrying about, you know, your classes, and just, you know, the the culture and the community there, I found that it was very, very similar um, in an assisted living community where, you know, it was very schedule based, and that by getting the groups together, it had, it was incredible opening both of our eyes to like stereotypes that people had, both my friends about older people thinking that maybe they wouldn't be the most fun, or even them uh, about younger folks. Uh, you know, there's a lot of negativity in the news about young people thinking, you know, we don't care, we're not working very hard. Um, and I think by bringing the groups together, it really broke down a lot of barriers and boundaries. And by doing that in the community, uh, I think it could make it more livable for older people um, to have the support of of others, but also just um, 
showing us that there we aren't as different as we think we are. Absolutely. And like when you're at different stages in life, you face kind of different pressures. So I imagine having those friendships, you learn different perspectives and stuff like that, right? Oh, absolutely. And it, it was so interesting to be able to just learn how to deal with things like like loss, um, if it was like a mutual neighbor, um, just to, to hear the perspective that comes with such wisdom, with age. Uh, and even just, you know, I you have a bad day and just hearing from people who have experienced so much, whether it be, you know, the Great Depression going through... Um, all the wars that have happened, uh, it really put things into perspective, which is especially important now um, going through, you know, the COVID-19 pandemic, all of that wisdom and that resilience is something I really think that younger people could learn a lot from and could definitely use in their lives. 100% because while we're all kind of going through COVID together, it was definitely different, um, you know, for different people at different life stages and especially for older people. Yeah, um, I mean, it was, we were all hit very hard, but especially with um, the social isolation, uh, you know, depression was pretty much inevitable. So coming onto the other end of, uh, end of this pandemic, I think everyone could use, everyone could use a friend. <laughs> and now more than ever, intergenerational uh, friendships and relationships are so important. So what do you think are the barriers to people forming intergenerational friendships? You know, I think in the world we live in, people are so caught up in, in work, on the next project. Uh, you know, I think we don't spend enough time, um, like I mentioned before, like in our own neighborhoods. I feel like growing up, I didn't really know my neighbors. Um, I was always running to the next soccer game or, or activity. And I, I think by kind of taking a step back and almost like going back in time a little bit, um, so the way things were, when things were simpler, you know, we're all on our phones all the time. I, I know I sound like an older person myself right now, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I think, you know, we need to, to kind of go back to our roots in our community. Um, and so I think the best way to do that is uh, kind of situations like I was in where it's bringing people together purposefully um, with living arrangements like that. I know different colleges have been doing that, um, especially now. And, and I think that, you know, everyone could benefit from that. Do you think ageism might have a part to play in that as well? Oh, absolutely. The things that I heard uh, when I was when I was over there, people were like, oh, wow, I can't believe you would do something like that. I could never see myself being in that kind of situation. And it's so funny because I'm like, why? <laughs> These people are great. I, I've had the best conversations I've ever had in my life. But I think there's a view, especially in the media, that age is synonymous with stagnation. Um, and that it's a fear that everyone has of getting older, death and dying, that we, we put people in these boxes. Um, and that's not how it is. There's so much vibrancy uh, and aging can be so dynamic that it really isn't one size fits all. Yes. And it's so like acceptable to kind of have that, have that little like ageist undertone, like almost like people think, oh, you're doing a charity. It was so nice of you to go, you know, and live in residence. But it sounds like, honestly, you learned a lot and really benefited from the experience. Honestly, I think they were doing a service to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. So, yeah, I think ageism probably has a part to play. And it's, to it's socially kind of accepted. Like, it's almost, you know, people don't really think of it as saying anything negative. It's just kind of like fact. 
Oh, there have been so many times that I've, I've Googled something like old, and the first thing that comes up is either a crotchety old man or a crazy cat lady. Uh, and I can tell you from experience that that is not the majority of the people that I met and uh, got to experience. And it's sad that, you know, that's, that's what most people see when they, when they see the word old. No, absolutely. I'm, I can totally see that. So I also wanted to talk about, um, you funded or you, sorry, you founded the geriatric society chapter at your university. So is that currently right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I would love to hear more about that and kind of the things that you're doing. Yeah. So something that I, I like to tell my peers is it doesn't matter what field you go into. There's always going to be older people. So even for those who don't necessarily want to go into the field of geriatrics, I think there's so many skills that you can learn uh, just because uh, it doesn't matter if you're a dermatologist, uh, unless you're a pediatrician, you're going to see older people. And I am so pleasantly surprised by how many people have a passion for this. Uh, it's, it's a field that I don't think a lot of people talk about, but once they start engaging in the community with older folks, uh, they, they see kind of what we see. Um, and, and I'm really happy about that. I'm not sure again, if it has anything to do with the pandemic, but there's been a huge uptick in interest, particularly in this field. So it's been great to be able to have conversations about, you know, how to, how to talk about dementia. Um, we had a film screening of the film Lives Well Lived, which is a really great film about just aging uh, gracefully into your 80s and 90s. Uh, and it started, I think, a really great movement where people are talking about it and talking about it positively. Which I think is absolutely great. Yeah, and like you said, every field's going to be dealing with older people, but also everyone's going to become an older person, like if they're so lucky. So absolutely, yeah, like <laughs> it's definitely it's everywhere. Like it's you know, it's a great inevitable. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Um, have you seen any other, like besides the student in residence program, any other kind of innovative ways or programs to foster intergenerational friendships or those kind of relationships? Oh my gosh, there are so many. I, I feel like it's becoming like almost like a hot topic. Uh, there's um, an organization I was talking to a couple months ago who they're trying to have a whole building, like a, almost almost like a dorm intergenerational living uh it's through tabitha um it's a wonderful program out in the midwest and it's going to be a whole community um for older people um so it, it'll be great affordable for both parties um just to have that sense of community activities um just so many things to bring people together um and i know other organizations and other schools too have brought uh, things much like the student residence program there. And I'm, I'm happy it's gaining this kind of traction and this momentum. Um, there's a lot of nonprofits that have popped up as well, just with, with the purpose of, hey, how about we sit down for a cup of tea? Um, and I, and I, I think that's excellent. And I really hope that it, it keeps this flame going. <laughs> no, exactly. And um, it's when you're building these intergenerational friendships, you're also building on community, right? Like it really benefits everyone when it's because it's more inclusive. Absolutely. And a lot of people too, they, they want to stay at home. They want to stay in their community. They don't necessarily want to age, you know, in a nursing home or, or, or in a community. They want to be where they've always lived. And by having these intergenerational relationships there, you know, they have someone they can depend on 
to, to give a hand when they need it. And maybe it can keep people at home for longer um, and aging the way they want to age. Mm-hmm. What did you learn uh, when kind of when living in the student in residence or just through your studies? What have you learned about like personal outlook on aging and kind of like the positive or negative effects of, of that? I, I, I think the biggest lesson that I've taken away from all of this is we just, we can't take life too seriously. The, the people that I met are some of the most happy, vibrant people that I've ever met. Uh, and I think in the moment when you're young, you're, you're so focused on, you know, the negative or, or like things getting you down, but there, there's so much life to live and, and so many things to be grateful for that you need to take a second and just kind of enjoy the moment, which is a little cliche, but I've, I've found that by kind of taking that away with me, I've, I've lived a much happier life. <laughs> well, this is true because people in general are afraid of getting older, right? So it is kind of like a negative outlook, but yeah. in fact, it's kind of the alternative. Like it's a great way to, if you think about getting older, to reflect on what you have, to be grateful and kind of live every day. Yeah, and there's just statistics that show that those who have positive outlooks on aging are seen to live eight years longer than their uh, more negative cohorts. So there's a lot to be said and a lot of benefits uh, about kind of starting this young. <laughs> yeah, no, that's huge. That's amazing. I really like that statistic. All right, well, I would like to end just by, because it. I would like to know your kind of personal, like how you fight ageism and, you know, I know you do other advocacy work. So I'd love to hear about kind of like what you're working on and how people can get involved and help. Yeah, absolutely. So I think one of the best things that anyone can do um, is, is advocacy because sometimes the older voices aren't the ones that are heard, uh, especially by, you know, your, your local lawmakers um, people are making policy that doesn't always reflect, you know, the best interests of our older people. So one of my favorite things to be involved in um, is working with my local chapter of the Alzheimer's Association, because especially that cohort, um, they aren't the ones who are out there talking about what they need. Um, and those caregivers, you know, don't always have time to talk about what they need either. So by going out, you know, writing, writing letters, making phone calls, meeting with them, uh, it's the best way to improve outcomes and just kind of raise the awareness to issues that I don't think everyone even knows are going on. Um, there's so many resources that are needed and so many people who are suffering silently. And I think as a, as a community, we can be better together to stand up for the guys who, who need it. Mm-hmm. And like we were talking about before, kind of like standing up and advocating for for older people is really advocating for yourself because like we said, everyone's getting older. Yeah, and the, the infrastructure you know, it isn't ready to, to face how, how many people are going to be aging in the next 20, 30, 40 years. So it's important to start making those changes and having those conversations now because that stuff takes time. Um, so the sooner the better. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, I also wanted you to, to give a chance of how other people can find you. I know you were on TEDx. So is there um, anywhere else people can kind of look up and learn more about what you're what you're working on and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, at Tia Kozar on Instagram, um, LinkedIn, it's, it's Victoria Kozar. Um, yeah, the TEDx, um, just on YouTube, if you look up my name, um, I was able to, to talk a little bit about 
this topic and a little bit more. Um, so yeah, any of those places you can find me. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. It was great to talk to you. Great to talk to you too. Thank you for having me. So thank you so much to my guest, Tia Kozar. I really enjoyed that discussion. And thank you so much to the listeners and to everyone who donated to the fall membership drive at Co-op Radio. Much appreciated. And as always, you can always go online, coopradio.org, click the donate button and become a member if you're not already or just become a one-time donor. This was has been recorded on the unceded territories of the Swamish, Musqueam, and Tsleil-Waututh people. And thank you everyone for listening. We will talk to you next time. Bye.